The following podcast is intended for general information and entertainment purposes only. It should not be substituted for professional medical or psychological advice. Before beginning or changing a treatment plan, please consult your local healthcare professional. Welcome back. It's been a long hiatus, it but here been. we are in HD for those of you watching. Hopefully this doesn't last that long. The cocktails were brought to you by me. The technology was brought to you by Kayla. Yes. Yes. I, how are you? Good. How are you? Oh, I was asking them. You're going to ask me how I'm doing. <laughs> I know how you're doing. Right? <laughs> we talked for like an hour before we, uh, before we started this up. Yes. Yes. How are you lovely folks at home? Leave us a comment and tell us how you are. Yes. <laughs> but for real though, don't say fine. No person that's ever been fine ever. That's not a feeling. Fine is not an emotion. No. And it's also a lie. Don't lie to us. Anyway. Anyway. Um, so today we were going to talk about the true crimes world at large, the true crimes that we um, explored yeah. or discovered while we were on hiatus. Yes. Cheers. Clink. What else did you do while we were on hiatus, Kayla? Mm. I went on vacation with my family mm-hmm. a couple of times. I slept a lot. Yeah, you did. I played video games. Mm-hmm. I hung out with my buds. We had a blast for my birthday. Yeah, we did. Stayed out till midnight. Yes. <laughs> we were dirty stay out all nights. <laughs> yeah, we did it. We did so well. I raced. Mm-hmm. I, I, I oh, ran. we both did. Yeah, we both did. We did, um, we did a muddy race yeah one of those yeah it was fun it was fun we put sheets down in my car and it was fun i ran a half marathon i too slept um i took up crocheting oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah i did i have almost a whole scarf now actually it is a whole scarf but i'm finishing the the yarn it's the world's longest scarf because i lost a lot of stitches there so for a while if the scarf is about that wide but we're doing great we're just gonna wrap it around we're doing so well we're doing so well yeah um, so what'd you learn? So what'd you uh, explore while we were on hiatus in your true crime leisure? My true crime. Well, why don't we talk about the controversy in the true crime community <gasps> first? Because everybody loves some good tea. Oh, actually, 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 let's first thank our patrons. Yes, Jill and Alexis and Brian. Yes, and thank you to everybody who brought a bought mm-hmm. some merchandise from Teespring or Spring, whatever it is. Whatever profits that we make are going to be going to the Lilith Fund, which is a, I don't know, like abortion care fund. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and most of the people that bought are my relatives. So thank you, everybody. Yes. So there's that. And then what? let's talk about the controversy surrounding true crime. I'll let you take this off because I learned about this minutes ago. Minutes ago. Just minutes, minutes ago. ago. So um, I think... There's been controversy for a few years now, but it started to kind of like boil over with the release of Netflix's series about Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm -hmm. And the controversy is about how we go about talking about true crime. So it's not necessarily, well, okay, let me start this way. The victims of, the families of the victims of Jeffrey Dahmer 
would like to like move on with their lives because this happened approximately like 30, 35 years ago. Right. And they're still grieving. They're still traumatized and they would simply like to move on. So every time we dig something up like this on a large scale, like a, uh, you know, 2020 episode or especially like a Netflix movie or documentary, these people have to be re-traumatized every single time. Mm-hmm. And they understandably don't want to have to deal with that. Especially because, now I didn't watch the whole series because it, didn't either. it was disturbing to me. I watched the first two or three episodes and you know that I can watch Anything. any horror movie and not be affected by it. If I recommend a horror movie to you, you will shit your pants because I have a very high tolerance. But this was too disturbing to me because it it was things that happened in real life. These were real people. These were real events. And so you can't just shake it off and say like, oh, it's just a movie. Just a movie, yeah. I don't know how Evan Peters isn't undergoing like intensive psycho <laughs> therapy right now because he played Jeffrey Dahmer um, and he did it really well. He's a fantastic actor. But yeah, that's a piece of it is that, you know, the families of victims or the, vic- the survivors of mm-hmm. these crimes have to be re-traumatized every time it's brought up on a large scale. Also, the monetization, you know, Netflix is obviously making money off of this, which is problematic Mm -hmm. um, because they're probably making quite a bit of money on it. Mm -hmm. And then I would say the last thing is kind of how, like I said before, how we do the retelling of these stories. So like I was telling you before, Mm -hmm. I was watching a YouTube video by um, her name is Tamimi, T-E-H-M-I-M-I. And she's great. And she did a video essay about this whole topic and a couple of the, the creators that she touched on were um she talked about Bailey Sarian. So for those of you who don't know, ba- Bailey like pioneered the whole concept of like talking about true crimes or ghost stories while you do your makeup. Mm-hmm. And so I guess she's had some controversy in the past of people saying she doesn't, you know, she's kind of making light of what she's talking about because she's doing makeup while she's talking about it. Which Clover has some input. She has feelings. Big feelings. I like that channel. Okay. So the one of the only times I've ever watched a Bailey Sarian video, she opened by saying, listen, guys, I got a lot of comments on my last video that the case I was talking about was boring. She's like, don't say things like that. These are real people. These are real things that happened. Yeah. These were traumatic. Like, they don't exist for your entertainment, basically. So I don't know if it's necessarily true that she's you know, making light of these circumstances. I don't think she is, or I don't think that's her intention. She also talked about, what is your cat doing? She's carrying a toy around in her mouth and letting you know that she caught it. Good job, honey. You're doing great, sweetie. She does this whenever she can't see me, but knows that I'm somewhere. Your mother's like in right the here. shower. She's like the hunchback and no trick cat over there. She She's is. all she so the other creator she talked about was stephanie sue who mm-hmm. i've never watched her on youtube i actually listened to her podcast rotten mm-hmm. and i didn't like know that it was the same person but i guess she also had a controversy a little while ago because she did mukbang while talking about these like gruesome mm-hmm. crimes um people were like how are you eating food while you're telling us about this that's a little sketchy also i don't think it was her intention to make light of things no and it's and everybody's processes and everybody's response to disturbing things is really different. Mm-hmm. You and I don't have a lot of controversy because I don't think we have enough viewers to have, be controversial. No. No. Um, I'm sure we would be because we inject a lot of humor. 
when we talk about right, true which crimes. I, I think there's a lot of true crime content out there who inject humor, but I think, and I mean, we're talking about ourselves here, so feel free to refute what we're saying. But mm-hmm. I think the idea is not to make light of what happened, but kind of make light of the storytelling or to make fun of the perpetrator or something yeah. like that. It's like not light of, light around. Yeah. Um, and Kayla and I have, and this is what we discussed, Kayla and I have pretty traumatic jobs on mom. The whole basis of this is I'm a nurse, she's a therapist. Um, we end up injecting a lot of humor into things that are really scary to cope. There's um, a really good quote. It's one of my favorite quotes uh, from Scrubs and it talks about, this is more of a medical thing, but it's true for, it's true for Kayla's profession, I'm sure where they show a family who just got really horrible news that their loved one died. And the doctor said, you see Dr. So-and-so in there, they, you know, the patient died. He's going to tell them, he's going to say something went wrong. He's going to say, he's so sorry. And then he's going back to work. Do you think anybody else in that room is going back to work today? That's why we make jokes. We don't do it to make light. We do it to get by. Right. So survival technique, kind of like Mm -hmm. compartmentalization. Right. So I guess all of that to say, you know, it's our intention to just kind of tell these stories Mm -hmm. and explore the whys, which I think is why a lot of people are interested in true crime. Like they want to understand why it happened or why the killer did what they did or what they think and what their origins are. And I think we're all genuinely interested in human behavior. At least that's why I got into true crime. But I mean, I also think there's an aspect of like, People have been fascinated with death and uh, gore and stuff like that for thousands of years, mm-hmm. right? People used to go to the Coliseum and yeah. watch gladiators fight to the death, public executions. Mm-hmm. People came out in droves to look at the victims of Jack the Ripper mutilated on the streets. You know, and I, <laughs> I'm not trying to say that it's okay, again, to no. make light of it of these things, but I think it's just something that fascinates people to some degree or another for some reason or another. I was listening to a podcast yesterday. I forgot what it's called now. But the host, what is her name? Candace something, I think. But she was a psych APRN and she also worked for the FBI. Someone's yelling it at me right now. I bet someone who listens to it is yelling it out. But um, she had said that she doesn't like horror movies because she doesn't like the gratuitous violence and had seen a lot of it in her day-to-day life, so she didn't wasn't really interested in watching it, um, and even in a fictionalized mm-hmm. way, which makes sense to me. Right. Like, so some people are drawn to this stuff, and some people are simply not. I I like true crime, um, but as far like I like documentaries, but as far as dramatizations and horror, you're way more drawn to it than I am. Um, my thought is I'm stressed out enough. Um, I don't like anxiety-provoking shows. Um, I, I want to watch a Disney movie, truly, because I'm stressed out enough in my day-to-day life. I really don't want to be stressed out. And I'm also one of those people that re-watches things a million times. Um, oh, yeah. You can't really do that with horror. I mean, you can. Yeah. It gets less scary every time, but... Right. I don't... Um, yeah, I, I like to be comforted in my leisure leisureous activity. Yeah. But strange things fascinate me, like weird things that people do. I think people are really, really interesting. And just the weird stuff that people do are really interesting to me. And science is really interesting to me. So the medical sciencey crap behind this, I think, is really, really interesting. And that's kind of why we do this together. Because yeah. you like the gore and but you don't like gore in real life. No. 
but I don't mind gore in real life. I right. can deal with blood and guts and whatever the hell. Uh, but yeah, that's why we've been friends for all these years. Yes. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's okay to be curious about this kind of stuff. You're not weird. You're not, you're not weird. There's yeah. a lot of other people who like it. And I think there's probably some sort of scientific explanation to why we're so fascinated by it. But because anyways, we're scared, because we're scared of death. I think, yeah. I mean, I think that we and other people who are kind of expo looking at these sort of things with curiosity, the intention is not to make light of anyone's mm -hmm. struggle or trauma. The intention is not to, I don't know, make light of people's trauma or downplay it or mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, and we're not making any money off of this. So. <laughs> There's no monetization here. We're kind of exploring with you. We're just having fun over here. Giving you our, our yeah. thoughts and opinions about these sort of things. So without further adieu, shall we start discussing things? Sure. Do you want to go first? Sure. <laughs> There's, I, I delve less into this than you do. And I usually do historical stuff. And I know we were just talking about, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer and not wanting to delve into or reopen wounds. But I really enjoy not enjoy, but I, I don't think enjoys the wrong word, actually, thinking about tr like true crimes or controversial things that happened in my childhood when I was a young person. Like in your lifetime? In my lifetime, mm -hmm. yeah. That I had ancillary exposure to, but I was young. And relearning about them as an adult. And I was, last weekend, I was sitting on my deck crocheting and I was listening to the Joey Buttafuoco, Amy Fisher saga, where in um, Joey Buttafuoco was married to Mary Jo Buttafuoco. This was in the 80s. Uh, they had children lived in the outer boroughs, had a relatively happy and normal life, and he was having an affair with a 16-year-old child. Uh, child. Uh, and he was 36, a couple uh, years older than you and I. Uh, and this is, a, this is a high school kid. So I'll tell you what I tell all of the teenage girls I work with. If an no. adult man tells you you're mature for your age, no. he's a predator. No, 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 no. He's a predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. No, thank you. And Amy Fisher was jealous, wanted uh, wanted to keep this relationship going. So the barrier to that was that he was a married person. So she tried to have his wife killed. Mm -hmm. um, and when those, yeah. that was failed, when that failed, she went to her doorstep and attempted to murder Mary Jo Botafuco. Ended up not killing her, thank goodness. She is still alive to this day, but she's had deafness in one ear, severe um, nerve damage to her face because she shot her in the head. Oh, did she, yeah. she shot her point blank? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, not far away. Um, so she's, yeah, completely deaf in one ear, has some blindness in her eye, and um, actually recently got some surgery, so she had some more facial symmetry. Your face is pretty fascinating. There's so many nerves and, you know, there's it's so intricate and so mm -hmm. incredible, and your brain as well. That's mm. amazing. It's, it's such a fascinating and delicate part of your body. Clover agrees. Uh, so she had a lot of surgeries and she stayed with, stayed with her husband f during this. 
and he went on this big media tour and ended up, you know, shooting himself in the foot where it came out that he was having an affair with a minor. She didn't just make all this up. So he ended up going to jail for a short period of time. His wife stayed with him and then he proceeded to continue to be an asshole and most likely personality or narcissistic personality disorder or something um, and violated his parole a bunch of times, went back to jail and his wife ipso facto divorced him. Mm hmm. Um, so that was in the ancillary. I remember jokes being made about it when I was, when I was a kid, um, you know, probably Saturday Night Live did some sort of shtick about it. Um, and the big thing is, and I think I've said this before when we talked about Monica Lewinsky and all other kinds of things, when you're a kid, an adult is an adult. Mm -hmm. But when you're an adult, you look at you look at Amy Fisher and you're like, okay, this is a kid, even though she was 17, 18, I'm like, something ain't right with her, but she is a kid. She is a kid. And I'm a woman in my thirties. I wouldn't go near a high school. I wouldn't even think of a high school kid as um, a sexual person. Like, you know, they have their yeah, own bodily yeah, autonomy. with adolescents that no. is like, no, they're kids. It, it, they like speak another language. <laughs> yeah, these are ba these are babies. Yes. These are kids. I feel like I want to protect them, not like exactly. And then, and I feel like women women are more harshly judged in a lot of yes. a lot of situations than men. And even Mary Jo, as a woman who was almost killed, um, chose to stay with her husband. And when you're a kid, you're like, you're, you have more black and white thinking and people are more apt to judge. Why did you stay with him? I don't know. Did she not work? Did she, right. you know, she had a financial need. Um, you're raised to think your kids need two parents living in the same household. So you need to protect that family unit. It's a lot more, it's a lot more, it's a lot more complicated than that. Um, so looking back on, on Dahmer and reopening wounds is, and making money off it is one thing, but going back to a true crime and saying, maybe I shouldn't have, maybe I shouldn't have judged the victim so harshly. You should definitely judge the perpetrators quite as harshly as you would like to, please. Right. Um, but to say like, okay, that was more complicated than one would think. And this isn't necessarily, well, it kind of is true crimes in a little bit. I was watching um, a documentary on Princess Diana and looking back on that, I watched, um, what was her maiden name? Spencer. I watched Spencer, mm -hmm. and I take that as fact, even though it's not. <laughs> yes, it's fine. Um, again, 19 years old and marrying a man in his 30s and thrust into the public spotlight. I wanted to protect her. I wanted to protect her, and I'm like, you're a baby. You're a little girl. You're Especially with how harsh people are about the royal. Like, you have, in England, you have, like, the royalists. Yeah. Who like these, they think these, the sun shines out of these people's asses. Mm. So like those are the people who have been very critical of Meghan Markle. So, you know, that's, yeah. Diana dealt with the same kind of shit and I wouldn't have been able to deal with it, quite frankly. No. And at 19, I couldn't deal with, I couldn't deal with anything at 19. No. Um, as, as you shouldn't, you're a kid, your brain is still functioning. Um, but if somebody walked up to you and said, you want to marry a prince and be a princess? Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Say like, no. You grew up with the royals your entire life. So so it sort of, it heartens you. So to me, when I was, when Diana, Prince Diana died when I was a child, she was a woman. She was a grown adult woman that was married and had a husband and got married a few years prior. You know, that's, it was something very far away to me. As an adult, I go, oh my God. Right, yeah, that's gross. Poor, poor baby. And, oh, and those kids too. Those kids walking behind the casket and you just wanted to snuggle them. 
And from the true crime aspect, there is a there is a crime there that he got chased down by the paparazzi. So yeah, we know we know her death was ordered. Come on. She was bad for their image because yep. everyone loved her. She was the Marjorie Terrell. Okay. <laughs> You've never watched Game of Thrones. I watched part of it, but it was stressing me out. Fair enough. I don't know if that's a good comparison anyways, because Marjorie was evil evil in her own ways, but from the outside, you know, she had helped the poor and yeah. she, and that's what Diana did. She We're touched good and bad, AIDS, AIDS yeah. patients. She shook hands with them. Which she, is so, which was so important for the time as a nurse. Was the, the people's princess. The people's princess, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. And I'm like a, I feel like we're like a Dianists. You know, those people are royalists. We're like, I'll cut you if you say anything about Princess Diana. No kidding, Princess Diana. I know, we always say that we wish we were her friends. <laughs> and we even, like, because I was live, te- I just live text you through my life, and you mm-hmm. live text me through your mm-hmm. life. And I'm like, I'm watching Princess Diana, and I just feel like I need to protect her. And you said something really sweet. And she's like, imagine being her bestie and not being able to be like, okay, we're leaving. Yeah. I feel no. I said that um, if if it was like us, yeah, and that one of us in that situation, the yeah. other one would be like, "We're going." We we would pretend to be on vacation and we would just disappear you, and then we would be like, "I don't know, she died." I guess. <laughs> I have definitely offered my friends to say to text like their exes and be like, "She died." I'm so she sorry. died. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we'll put up a. We should put that in our Patreon. If you donate $2 a month, we'll make a fake eulogy. Um, um, $3 a month. We'll donate a fake. Um, <laughs> no, that's $5 a month. $5 a month. <laughs> we'll write up a fake eulogy and a fake obituary for you. And it can be the best picture of you ever taken. And, send, and so you can send it to your ex. Or have Even though your ex will be like, who is this person? I'm, you've never talked to, you know. My partner has never talked about them. Or my ex-partner has never talked about them. We can be like, oh, we're no, we're distant cousins. Well, we she did talk about us. You didn't listen. Right. You just never listened. <laughs> That's what she talked to you. <laughs> so we can, that, that might be an extra dollar. Yeah. No, we'll take a dollar off because we like doing stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So I just sort of um, undid the, um, the true crimes of the day from my childhood and got an adult perspective on it. So what'd you do? Okay. Well, here's the thing. I have two... Bummers, and then I have like a palate cleanser. Okay. <laughs> Fair warning that if you are sensitive to anything to do with children, don't listen. If you have a sensitive stomach, don't listen. I'm fine. That's a warning for the next two cases that I'm going to cover. Okay. Well, I'm just going to finish this, I guess. Um, all right. So the first one, I heard about a couple of these on YouTube from like various creators. So the first one is the death of Victoria Martins, which was enormous in New Mexico where it happened. Um, and this happened in 2016. So essentially, um, Victoria was, she had just turned 10 years old and police were responding to a 911 call regarding a domestic dispute. And when they came into the house, they found Victoria in the bathtub dismembered, wrapped in a blanket that was on fire. So as you can imagine, the community was in an uproar over this, over this precious little girl. Oh, and is that her? Yeah, that's her. She's, cute. She's so cute. So the alleged perpetrators, well, I guess not alleged because they were like tried and convicted already, but her mother, 35 year old Michelle Martins, 
mom's boyfriend, 31-year-old Fabian Gonzalez, and Gonzalez's cousin, 31-year-old Jessica Kelly, were all arrested at the scene and charged with first-degree murder, child abuse resulting in grievous bodily harm or death, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So the circumstances of her death were that essentially she was drugged. She was given methamphetamines and alcohol. She was sexually assaulted by apparently everyone involved. I don't, I actually, I think Fabian Gonzalez and his cousin, Jessica, sexually assaulted her. And then they murdered her. And then they dismembered her. Luna's trying to get in. She has some thoughts to add. Luna's furious, rightfully so. So this was, it seemed very cut and dry, right? Like these people were in the house, present, where the police found the body of this little girl. And like, these dumbasses pled not guilty. Like you really, you really think that a jury of your peers is going to say, no, I think this is fine. (laughs) Well, that job easy. (laughs) Like you killed a little girl. Nobody is going to let you off in their right minds. Like it was probably impossible to find a, like a jury that had no bias. Yeah. Because everybody's like, no, we're not doing this. Yes. So there was a, a timeline established by the Bernalillo County district attorney, Raul Torres, The timeline that he came up with essentially states that the mother and the boyfriend were not there at the time of her murder, but the cousin was, Jessica, Mm -hmm. the cousin was. So essentially, um, it's possible that mom and the boyfriend are guilty of negligence because they left her in the care of this woman who literally just got out of prison. Why? And then she was dead when they came back. However, there was kind of like a, I don't know if you'd call it a smoking gun, but um, they found, oh, 2018, they found evidence of a male, his DNA on her body. And the male has thus been, has so far been unidentified. So there was an additional party there, they assume. And I don't know what they mean by male DNA because no one is specific. Because I feel like it's different if it's semen versus like if it's hair. You know what I mean? Because you can like, we get other people's DNA on us all the time, That's right? True. If somebody's hair falls on your clothes. like it's true. Animals' DNA is on you when you pet your animals, things mm-hmm. like that. There's an but it, it's different if his blood or his semen, semen. was on her, then that's a <laughs> different story. Or some sort of excrement. Right, exactly. Gross. Yeah. But these people were... Um, oh, the trials of Gonzalez and Kelly were postponed until 2022. I believe that they were all sentenced. Um, two of them had plea deals. I can't remember... Oh, Michelle Martins is to believe... Believed to have falsely confessed to actively participating in the murder. The plea bargain guarantees Martins will face 12 to 15 years in prison. However, it is possible she could have her sentence cut in half since the charge is not classified as a serious violent offense. Michelle Martins will be sentenced after the conclusion of Gonzalez and Kelly's trials. So yeah, that happened. And that was fucked up. (laughs) Like that was the, um, one of the videos I watched on YouTube that I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Yeah. I think one of the only cases, I, I mean, the, the people of New Mexico say that this is probably the worst thing that's ever happened yeah. there. One of the only other cases I think was more gruesome was, I think her name was baby Jessica, which was a baby that was murdered by the people that she was in the care of. But I think the in light of all of that happening, the community gathered and they had a vigil for her and they had a public funeral for her and like tons of people attended. Um, I think what's not that I ever want this to happen to children, but what you see 
in light of these things happening is the community gathering them, gathering and sure. claiming them as their their child. Yeah. This is my, you know, this might as well be my child. So they made sure that she had a proper send-off, Good. essentially. But it's it's no consolation. No, it's not, because it shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And it's too easy to conceive and give birth to a child, you know? Setting aside, of course, infertility. However, those are people who really want children and are usually good parents yeah. because they try really hard to have children. Yeah. This, this woman purpose. probably just laid back and uh, thought of England and she had a baby and she shouldn't have. <laughs> and that's all she wrote. Fuck that lady. <laughs> or don't fuck that lady. Yeah, don't don't let her think. Of, don't let her think of England. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. This Michelle Martin's allegedly met Fabian Gonzalez on an internet dating service, Plenty of Fish. No, which for those of you who are on dating sites or apps, you know that that is the fucking bottom of the barrel. <laughs> you go on Plenty of Fish when you're like, I just want to sleep with someone, and apparently that's what happened here. Ew. Yep. Yeah. Oh, and the other controversy Fish. here was, and I'm sure you won't be shocked to hear this, there were five calls made to the CYFD is what they call it, New Mexico Children, Youth, and Families Department, or CPS, mm-hmm. DCF, and they failed to do anything about it. The police, No! I know. The police never came to interview Victoria about her experience living there, and she had been sexually assaulted, I think, by previous partners of her mother's before. I'm not wearing pearls, but I'm going to clutch my... Crystal necklace yeah. here. Fucking shocking. So there's that. There's that. The other one. Where's the other bummer? Um, okay, this is more of like a you need a strong stomach for. I have so one. I'm going to do my best with my Spanish pronunciations here. And my, my friends who speak Spanish can go ahead and tell me I'm wrong because I probably am. <laughs> so this this was a serial killer, Andres. Andres? Andres. Filomeno Mendoza Celis. 74 years old, from, I think, Oaxaca, Mexico. Mm-hmm. He was captured recently, like not very long ago. This article is from tw- August or July 2022. Um, and he was known as the Cannibal of Atizapan. One of the articles I was trying to look up more information on, and I think it was like one of those websites that details like the crimes of different serial killers. Mm-hmm. And it like listed his skills and it was like his skills were manipulation, butcher skills, murdering skills. And I was like, what? murdering skills? Like, what? Why is this Napoleon Dynamite? I got mood skills. Like, did you miss that day in school where we learned murdering skills? Because Apparently. I guess I did. Apparently. But anyways, he his by profession he was a butcher. So if that tells you anything, um, I wanted to be a butcher if I didn't pass the nursing program. You wanted to be a butcher. It was up there with mortician. So investigators, when they were called to his home, found over four thousand bone fragments. So how many bones are in the human body? Oh, two hundred and seventeen or eighteen or nineteen. So that's a couple bodies. Two hundred and somebody. <laughs> that's a couple bodies. That's what like. I don't know. I can't do math. Um, 4,000 times, let's just say 200. Don't at me. Uh, Divided by 200, right? No, times 200. 4,000 bone fragments. So not whole skeletons? Oh, yeah, that's true. So, so greater than 4,000 bones. Well, I'll tell At you. least 4,000 bones. So the human remains were believed to belong to 19 victims. 17 eh. women, one man, and one child. 
So there's a documentary series. I haven't looked this up, but I'm kind of interested in it because it's a documentary. We like a documentary. And it says the mayor of Zimatlan, Zimatlan, the municipality where this man's hometown, San Sebastian Rio Dulce, I think it is in Spanish, is Dulce in Italian. Dulce. Or Dulce, I think. Like dessert. Dulce. Or sweets. Um, so that Mendoza used to visit his hometown and would bring meat, presumably human flesh, to oh, share with the residents as well as clothes that he gave to local women. Oh, this is some Sweeney Todd, actually. He said it was pork. Pork is the closest so thing I, to human yes. bodies. That's so why I don't yeah. fucking trust pork, even though I had pork yesterday at Guy Fieri's restaurant. It was delicious. I had pork all last week. I had bone-in pork chopped shake and bake. amazing. Yeah, the pork is the closest thing. And you also shouldn't trust people that have pig farms because that's how you get rid of bodies. Um, yeah, there was a whole whole man. Whole big a whole man that had a pig farm, and that's how he got rid of bodies. <laughs> whole man, not a part of man. <laughs> not a part of a man. The pig hadn't started eating him yet. No. He was not like a mermaid, half man, half fish, where the upper half is the fish. Would that be a merman? Merper? Merson? Merson. Mercenary. That's what he was, essentially. Anyways. Anyway. So, yeah. So, he he essentially butchered people. He killed people. He butchered them. He shared the meat with his neighbors. You know, and some serial killers fucked up mind, I suppose, that he thought he was doing something good. I am a fan of no waste. But that might be a little much. Yeah, but, I mean, if you don't have a body in the first place, mm. you have nothing to waste. <laughs> like, if you don't kill people, you don't. If you don't kill people, you know, that's one thing. You can help decrease um, carbon emissions by not killing people. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. It's well known in the neighborhood that Andres... There's also a foot, uh, foot, like, soccer player with the same name as this guy. Oh, that's so always a bummer, yeah. yeah. He said that he used to say that he had wild boar from Oaxaca. And in Oaxaca, he used to say he had pork from Mexico State, which is like, I feel like when he was in Mexico State and he's like, oh, this is wild boar from Oaxaca. I feel like someone must have been like, you are not hunting boar. Look at you. You, know, you can't do that. You're 74. <laughs> My poppy in his 70s went wild boar hunting. Okay. In Florida. But he made, um, he shot the boar and made somebody else. Yeah, Poppy was not boar hunting. Look at him. No, Poppy made somebody else go underneath, go tie up the boar for him. Okay. Because Poppy, Poppy was charismatic in that way. Right. So on a, oh, this pisses me off. On occasion, he passed human flesh off as carnitas. Oh. I love carnitas. I love carnitas too. And carne enchilada. Um, this is why I don't do ground meat typically. He told people it was carne enchilada or even wild boar meat. Adding that Mendoza would say that the latter was very good and recommended trying it. This is some Sweeney Todd shit. This is why I don't approve of game dinners. Fair. Because of a game dinner, I got to try bear, though, which was interesting. It's pretty good. What it tastes like? Bear. That tastes like steak. It's me. I mean, meat is meat is meat is meat. Well, that's what this guy said. <laughs> <laughs> meat is meat is meat. This guy. <laughs> I think the reason why I... Oh, yeah, he had notebooks about the femicides that he committed. Um, I think the one of the last things that he... Oh, he killed the wife of a police officer. Like, sir, now you done fucked up. <laughs> now you done fucked up. So, obviously, he was caught after that. And I believe this woman was one of his friends. And he was texting her things like, I want to wear your skin. Ew! And they found in his house a bunch of people's, like... Like, it was Buffalo Bill up in there. Like, he had people's faces that he was keeping. Put the lotion know. on the skin. He puts the lotion, lotion on, on the skin. skin. 
says women were animals to him. And I mean, I just listened to this fantastic I mean, podcast called The Red Note, I believe, which is about the femicides in Mexico. Mm-hmm. I think that took place in Juarez, um, was where all of those femicides were happening. And Ciudad Juarez, I don't know if I'm saying it right. But Mexico does not have a great track record for femicides. Not that we're great in America, no. in the United States either, but Mexico de- definitely, this guy did not help. There are a lot, I mean, lots of, most societies are patriarchal. Sure. So women are Ottomans, typically, which is which is a real bummer, um, to say the least. So so not a great track record all, all around, no. Oh, yeah, 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 that's it. Mendoza72 said he peeled off, he peeled the skin off a 34-year-old mom of two's face because she was very pretty. We're very pretty. Don't peel off our faces. Or you can just take a picture and keep it. Here, pose. Ready? One, two, three. There you go. <laughs> we don't need our faces peeled off now. What is ha- Oh, yeah. Ah, what well, the fuck is that? This is a picture of him after he was arrested. They essentially bound him with, like, I, that looks like scotch tape to me. And that looks like saran wrap. Maybe. The police were like, we are not fucking around with this. Nope. Reina Gonzalez was one of his victims. Mm-hmm. She was the one aforementioned who was very pretty. And she is. She is. Agree. I don't see any charges. I mean, I'm sure he had them, but I don't see any listed here. It's just about them gathering evidence, which God bless those people. Yeah. No, thank you. Yikes. And dogs. <sighs> oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Six other women. Uh, he, for, was, he, he ate them too. He got high on his own supply. He was formally charged with the femicide of Reina Gonzalez, which uh, also in the podcast, The Red Note, they talk about how they their protests and stuff like that were able to bring the separate charge of femicide. So femicide is an official charge in Mexico. Hmm. Um, so you can specifically be charged with that because of the work of those protesters. It's awesome. Which is really cool. Is um is the sentence heavier or less severe or the same? I don't know. Do that's know? a good question. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think they specifically wanted it recognized as a separate crime. That's right. To be taken seriously. Yeah. So here's my palate cleanser. Here's your so lemon sorbet. I discovered this mystery of what's called concealed shoes. So the Northampton Museum and Art Gallery in England is researching concealed shoes. So I'm just going to read directly from their website. It's northamptonmuseums.com if you're interested. Concealed shoes are those that have been deliberately hidden in buildings and they have been fascinating mystery for many years. Very little is known about them. What we can say is that a large number of shoes, usually old, well-worn and damaged, were concealed in various locations within a variety of different buildings across the UK and further afield, including North America, Australia, and some European countries. It was a particular particularly popular practice between the 1700s to the end of the 19th century, though earlier finds have been recorded. There's much speculation over the years as to why the shoes were concealed, as there are no contemporary records that explain why people hid shoes, and in some cases with other items such as bottles, bones, coins, marbles, combs, and scraps of textile and newspaper. The find can consist of one shoe, pairs, or multiple single shoes. These groups of shoes can be from the same date range or differ quite widely in date, suggesting several concealments over a period of time. So essentially, people find shoes in different places, like really, really old shoes. And this museum is kind of investigating this fun mystery. 
Um, but they have no idea why people did this. Like they find, so what happened, the reason I discovered this was someone on Reddit found a pair of shoes in like concrete in a place that was like an old mine. So they're like, do you think this is a dead body? And someone else was like, no, it's probably concealed shoes. Cause I guess they had called the police and the police didn't find anything. It was just shoes. So that's where I learned about concealed shoes <laughs> and people find them like under the floorboards and stuff like that, all sorts of different places. Which seems like, I wonder if that's like an old timey prank. Oh my God, <laughs> shoes. Let's hide shoes here so that people in future generations think that we're ghosts. Or, or like people throw shoes over um, the telephone poles. Or, yeah. yeah. Which I, there's the urban legend that that's where like drug houses yeah. are, which might be true, but. Um, we don't buy drugs. No. I mean, I take my shoes off whenever I can. So maybe those are just my ancestors taking off their shoes and like leaving them places. Could be. I mean, it could be something as innocuous as that. Or I wonder if is like, it used for insulation? I don't know. Maybe if it was inside concrete, do you use it to? But I don't know. Why would they be hidden with other little prizes like coins and marbles? Maybe it's like good. See, it's good luck to maybe. put shoes. In. I think that's probably a good theory. Like it's some sort of superstition or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you're gonna put your shoes somewhere. Or maybe you did a minor crime and you want to hide the shoes you were wearing when you did the crime. I don't know. I have like a rant. Like I have my pink converses from when I was like in my teen years that I wrote mm -hmm. bad song lyrics all over. I have them hanging on a curtain rod in my office and I also have the shoes I wore when I when I got married I had rubber slippers on so it could just be shoes that have sentimental value and the shoes I wore when I graduated high school I have like important shoes that I've worn we should definitely like put them under the floorboards of your house so oh. if anybody ever like moves in after you and renovates they're like look at these concealed shoes why did this person leave these here and then we can also put like a plastic skeleton somewhere else like in the wall or something. That's a good idea. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Yeah, we'll do that. Well, this is also a nice excuse to eat bone-in meats. Yeah, there you go. Something to do with them. Something to do with the bones. Mm -hmm. Well, that's all she wrote for me. Same. Um, I don't have a random question for you. It's been so long. I know. Well, we, we it's not like we don't talk when this happens. We, we, we talk constantly. Right. Oh, I got to talk about um, we not, might, might not be strangers at church. We're not really strangers? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. So I gave him the wrong title. <laughs> um, so we should be really good at asking random questions. Oh, what's a, like, what's a really random thing that gives you anxiety that would surprise people? That would surprise people? Yeah. I'll tell you why after you tell me yours. Or do you want me to tell you why so you know what I mean? Yeah, tell me why. So this morning, my husband and I were ordering takeout uh, for breakfast. And I said, I said I would order it. And I said to him, I said, you know, this is a really good, I said, I have to get really jazzed up for this. And it's also a really good test of my people pleasing skills because at the restaurant we go to, you can get shredded hash browns instead of regular home fries, but they won't give you an option. Okay. So when you order and they say, and what else would you like? You have to say, but wait a minute, I want shredded hash browns and not home fries. And the act of stopping them from like, you know, they were ready to move on to the Sorry, next thing. No and I went, no, I want shredded hash browns. And that's like also like, you you know, and I, like I'm calling. You have I'm to like, say the word now. 
Yeah, that's a toughie. You're like, we're going to be okay. And you're going to have to ask them for short hash browns and it's going to be fine. I also order at another restaurant and I order chicken marsala and they say, do you want angel hair? And I don't. So I have to say, no, I don't want angel hair. I would like linguine because it's a thick sauce and the angel hair is too thin. Mm -hmm. That's the weird thing that gives me anxiety calling. I don't think that's weird. I think that's actually really common. I'm sure it is. Yeah, but nobody says it out loud. Oh, for me, I know it's not strange because there's a Marina and the Diamond song that talks about it, but like being in the grocery store and feeling and picking something. Like if I'm looking for a specific item and there's someone standing next to me, yeah. I feel like I have to make the decision really fast. Like I can't stand there and kind of consider my options and look at the ingredients or whatever. I feel like I have to just grab it and go because this person is, you know, instead of um, putting the onus on that person that if they need to get in there, they can simply say, excuse me and get in there. Or if they're rude, just kind of butt in front of me, which people do. I get nervous and I feel like I have to hurry up. So I, I think one of the things that I try to tell myself is kind of like, this is not my problem. If this person's in a rush, this is not my problem. It's theirs. So what we're saying is be nice to people. So you know that there's like fully functioning 30 something adult women at the grocery store going, it's okay. You can take as much line in front of the check specs as you need to. Yes. And yes, you can get shredded hash browns and linguine. Yes. And also uh, this is not my problem. It's kind of something that I always teach people when it comes to anxiety and people pleasing is like, you, you have to recognize when you know, if you're going to say something or do something and the other person is going to be all up in arms about it, you can't take responsibility for that to a certain degree. Like, obviously, we don't want to purposely make people feel bad or uncomfortable. No. But, you know, if you're if you're standing up for yourself or if you're being assertive or something like that, the fact that another person doesn't like that is not your problem. Or you're just communicating your needs. And nine times out of ten, people don't care. No. They're like, oh, you want some hash browns? Oh, you you want to make sure it's, you know, you want to make sure this ingredient's not in your Ritz crackers? Right. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, we were at the, I was at the casino with my parents yesterday. And my mom was like, would you ever come here by yourself? And I was like, yeah, I mean, it, it looks like a ton of people are here by themselves. And she was like, I don't know, I feel self-conscious. And I was like, did you notice any of the other people who are here by themselves? Because I, I mean, I, I noticed, but I didn't pass judgment. Like, this seems like a good thing to do on your own. Yes. You kind of just blend in. <laughs> or you like doing it by yourself. Or maybe, you know, other people didn't want to go and you still wanted to go. So you went. That's right. fine. Yeah. Not hurting anybody. So, yeah. In other words, don't be anxious. That's the, that's the simple solution to anxiety. Just don't be anxious. It's so easy to do. It's really easy. That's it's from so a therapist. Easy. So. It's the easiest thing ever. If you can't do it, it's your fault. And you know, you know what the best way to cure anxiety is? Is to tell other drink. people to not drink and to tell other people, don't be anxious. That's so easy. Tell them all you have to do is like watch a sunrise and you'll be not anxious anymore. Oh. Do some yoga. And practice self-care. And for like mental health awareness when your job buys you a cup. Yes. <laughs> Instead of giving you a raise. Yes. When you're like asking for a piss break and they're like, but no, we're going to get this bottle. You can pee. We bought everyone a bottle to pee. Yeah. We say, <coughs> Amazon. <laughs> we say, we're just going to send you an email on how to be mindful. Well, 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 no, I'm mindful enough. This is not my problem. Yes. Yeah. Anyways. That's all she wrote. That's so all thanks, she wrote. thanks for sticking with us. Thanks for hanging and out. If you did, welcome back. Welcome back. Um, Everybody needs a break, and we're no exception. Yeah, we gotta. We have to go though, so that we can um, uh, package up some human meat for resale as wild boar. Yes.
All right. All right. We love you. We love you. Be kind to each other. Bye. Bye. Bye.